Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Radio, exploring the enigmas of the ages and the puzzles of the present, with your host, William H. Kennedy. Joseph Nisgoda, welcome to Sphinx Radio. Thank you. Now, uh, Joe, you have a book out called The Lenin Prophecy, an examination of the death clues of the Beatles, and that is by New Chapter Press. Now, could you tell our listeners where they could uh, purchase this book, please? It's at most of the sites, Amazon.com. It may be in some of the uh, bookstores like Barnes & Noble. But uh, we also have a website called thelennonprophecy.com in which there's links where you can buy the book. But the, basically, it's at Amazon.com also. Thelennonprophecy.com and Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. Okay. Correct. Now, and I invite everyone to go to the website, thelennonprophecy.com, because there's a lot of information that they might find interesting. Now, I just want to say, Joe, I highly recommend this book. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm a Beatle maniac myself, and I've read most of the major books, but this takes a really fascinating slant on the Beatles, and this is a book that needed to be written. I almost considered writing this book myself, but I'm glad someone else got to it before I did because you did a really fantastic job. I appreciate that, and I, I can understand where you're coming from as far as this book was destined to happen. It had to happen, and I mean, I can't explain why it was me that did wrote this book, but these things came to me, and um, as a result of just having an open mind and looking into, uh, into the Beatles and the Beatles' works, um, that's what this book uh, originated from. It's really quite fascinating. I couldn't put it down myself, and uh, I called up another friend of mine who's a Beatle maniac, and he read it and loved it too. And the fun thing about people that like to talk about the Beatles is you get in really fascinating and great arguments, because in this book, you just lay down everything that has to do with the Beatles and the esoteric and the mystical and the occult and Satanism and all of those things together and you put them together without a lot of judgment you just laid out the facts really clearly so for any beetle freaks like me out there definitely read this if for no other reason just to argue with your other beetle maniac friends i and you're and you know what i and you have hit the nail on the head i was very careful and i worked very closely with my editor that we were we were not going to fabricate and make things up you know, I put nothing in the book that wasn't in the, already in the public domain. I betrayed no one, or I, you know, or betrayed anyone's confidences. I did no interviews to 
Vogue is based on facts. Oh, sure. Interviews, and uh, it's very, very well documented, as a matter of fact. It's very scholarly in that sense. Now, it's very, very strange. I guess I'll just ask you point blank. Do you believe that John Lennon made a deal with the devil to become a very famous musician? That is absolutely my theory, and I am a Christian, and I happen to believe in it. Yes. Wow, that's absolutely fascinating, really, yes. because when you if, can... If you believe in God, then you must believe in Satan. It's, it's one, you know, it's the yin and the yang. You can't have one without the other. Oh, de I, definitely so. I God, so therefore I believe in Satan. Definitely so. Now, it's quite fascinating. I won't give it away here, but John Lennon actually told another major recording artist back in the heyday of Beatlemania that he did make a deal with the devil. And if people want to find out who it is, they got, they got to go buy the book. I don't want to give the whole book away. No, but, you're welcome to share that, but it was actually with Tony Sheridan. He, he actually is quoted as saying, I've sold my soul to the devil. Right, and just for people that don't know, Tony Sheraton was uh, uh, an associate of the Beatles who they did their first album together in Hamburg, and Tony Sheridan was the lead singer on the first Beatles recording. Yes, and they were, they were his backup band for that for that particular song, couple of songs they recorded with Tony, correct? Right, right along with uh, Pete Best and Stuart Sutcliffe. Pete Best was their drummer and Stu Sutcliffe was their basis. This is the original Beatles we're talking about before Correct. Ringo joined. Now, um, it's quite amazing, Joe, because within the context of the Beatles, uh, the mystical and the occult and all of these, uh, a full plethora of very bizarre esoteric practices just saturate them right from the beginning. Even very, very early on when they used to play at the Casbah Club, which was owned by Pete Best's mother, the Casbah Club opened in 1959, and the walls were covered with esoteric and occult symbols. Correct. Which is yes. very, very strange. And the Beatles, except for Pete Best, I want to make an exception here, They even in those days they took a lot of amphetamines, which they used to buy primarily in Germany. But... Uh, in 1960, they were high out of their minds at the Casbah Club playing, surrounded by occult symbols. And this is long, long before Timothy Leary came along or any of the, the uh, later hippie movement, the people you associate with it. And, and uh, it's quite amazing that it was that early on. Now, could you tell us a bit, seeing this is about John Lennon himself, um, could you tell us a bit about his own kind of preoccupation and even, I would say, obsession with psychics and astrologers and things of that nature. Yeah, well, in the book, it does document from an early start, he did have a, um, you know, a fascination with magic at an early age, and he, it's, it's quoted in there and documented even some of the conversations that he had with Aunt Mimi, where he had seen different visions, and he actually used to stare in a mirror at an early age, and uh, that's well documented in the book. But even um, as, as time progressed, he got comfort or strength, you know, he says that himself, quoted in the book um, from, um, you know, from um, supernatural powers. Very, very odd, very early on in his life. Now, uh, <clears throat> when he was with Yoko Ono during his latter years, uh, could you tell us a bit? They used to employ quite a few of these uh, seers and things. Well, they really were. They were into, um, uh, in, in this, this book, on, like I say, it's a very difficult subject because it is so complex, and I don't mean to be cryptic or evasive with these questions, but the, the 
understand about reading about the occult and numerology. And yes, it's true that they did have a good number of uh, suits that would come in and uh, numerologists and astrologers. They based they they did uh, uh, based a lot of their decisions uh, from you know what they can glean from those people. Very very strange stuff. And just w one thing I, in my own research, I know from um, people around Boston. Uh, he was very good friends with uh, Danny Schechter, who was a family friend of mine at WBCN in Boston. And uh, when he went there to do an interview, this was 1974, he actually checked with the staff astrologer who was at WBCN, a guy, he just passed away, Daryl Martini. And Daryl Martini did a chart as to see as whether it was a good time, what was the best time of the day to do the interview. Yes. So uh, he got very specific with these sorts of things. Would you agree? Is there other incidents? I would absolutely agree. And it's interesting that you would say something of that or just quote someone or call upon knowledge or things that you've read. Because you're not making this up. This is all documented facts. And people might not appreciate hearing it. They might want to dispute it. But the facts are the facts. How can you deny the facts? And that's a fact. And I believe it. I didn't, perfect, I didn't hear that particular story or didn't read that particular instance that you're referring to, but I believe you when you say it, and I well, don't judge you for it, I'm just saying you're calling, you're calling upon some facts that you read. Oh yeah, yeah, this, this, is, this is people I knew, and uh, it's really quite amazing. Now, uh, how about the other Beatles? How, would, how much were they obsessed with uh, esoteric matters? Well, it's hard to say because this book is about John Lennon. I don't know why I was always so fascinated or gravitated towards John Lennon. Of course, I was an avid Beatle fan, just as you were, a first-generation Beatle fan. But it was always about John Lennon. I mean, just always about John Lennon. In fact, I mentioned in the book that, you know, my mother even has a card that for Mother's Day card from 1967 signed, you know, from your, from your boys, Joe, Mick, and John Lennon. We just were, my brother and I were fascinated with John Lennon. So as far as the other Beatles are concerned, there are things that I ran across. But again, this is a book that I was just trying to put out, and I couldn't go into every issue I discovered. However, the what one of the things was, like, like I say, I've been writing this book. This book was in the works for, believe it or not, for 15 years. And uh, one of the things that came out was in 1999, uh, uh, um, Paul McCartney put out that album, Run, Devil, Run. Of all things, now you, you can imagine from my perspective, I'm busy writing this book and putting things together and doing research, and the guy comes out with an album called Run, Devil, Run. <laughs> I'm, I don't want to hear coincidence, and I don't want to hear synchronicity. It's, you read the book. How can you chalk all this up to coincidence or just misinterpretation or overactive imagination? You, I, you can't. No, you can't. I mean, the Beatles' whole career, all four of them, are just playing chock full of occult and esoteric studies and books. And even Paul McCartney's vegetarianism was very spiritually based. Yeah. Uh, Ringo Starr, his encounters in Alcoholics Anonymous, very spiritual. The founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill Wilson, used to uh, use Ouija boards and go to spiritualists. Uh, George Harrison, who's considered the most mystical of all the Beatles, really wasn't. When you look up close, all four of them were pretty occult orientated, so to speak. Right. You know. Well, and it's, it's interesting because, like I say, had I gone down that path, I probably could have and would have researched more. But again, this was a book that I focused on John Lennon, and so I kind of uh, put my attention towards him. But all through his life, like you say, and, and even because, of course, John Lennon being, um, you know, um, such a, um, a strong personality was uh, was very much uh, a capable. 
amazing. Now, on a darker chapter in uh, John Lennon's life that you cover really well, uh, Mark David Chapman, the man who murdered John Lennon, assassinated him in uh, December 8, 1980. Could you tell us a bit about his religious beliefs? Because that's really interesting. Well, yeah, it was interesting with Mark David Chapman because people do not like to talk about Mark David Chapman, especially Beatle fans. They like to say, the man who shall remain nameless. And I understand that because, I mean, I'm just as upset as they are about what happened and, and what the fact that Mark David Chapman, uh, you know, viciously killed and murdered John Lennon. Well, he's paying a price. He's in Attica right now. So obviously, um, you know, society and he himself admits it. But Mark David Chapman was troubled right from the beginning. Uh, he had uh, problems, uh, you know, differentiating good and evil. There were constant combats in his life where he would become an avid Christian and then move against Christianity. So he was very dissatisfied with what his teachings were giving him, and he went out and sought different avenues, uh, you know, looking for answers. And the problem with Mark David Chapman is, which many of us could be have the same problem, is that he opened doors that couldn't be closed. He went down a path for which there was no return. We all might have evil thoughts, and we might, uh, you know, you dismiss them or you move on with your life. He obsessed, he, he entered into these evil thoughts and nurtured them, and he opened doors that could never be closed. And as a result, uh, you know, he found himself uh, standing behind the barrel of a, uh, on the other side of a, a barrel of a gun. Now, he, he had an interesting life in as much as he tried to commit suicide, so he should have been dead a long time ago. And um, fate would have it, he did not die, but he did try to commit suicide. And then one of the interesting facts was that Mark David Chapman actually believed he was possessed, and he actually did have an exorcism while he was in Attica prison. He had an exorcism. Now, you might not believe it, I, I might not believe it, but he believed it. But it, it, that there again, this is a solid empirical fact. Mark David Chapman himself said he was possessed by demons. This isn't something, you know, you're pulling out of a hat. And um, it certainly was a, a band as influential as the Beatles and a man as influential as John Lennon. You, you certainly want to look at all aspects of what happened to their life, especially the people who murdered him. Now, there's a very bizarre recording that John Lennon made where he predicted his own assassination. Could you tell us a bit about that? Well, yeah, there's a number of recordings where John Lennon often talked about, you know, like peace people and Gandhi people that would die behind the bullet, behind the barrel of a gun or be assassinated. And John, it was like, uh, the problem I have with this whole thing with John Lennon is, is that, okay, you know, some of these clues that were planted, this book started out as, like it says there, a new examination of the death clues of the Beatles. With John Lennon, it when I we all knew about the Paul McCartney death clues. When I pointed those Paul McCartney death clues in the direction of John Lennon, things really fell into place for me. I really, and you can see that as evidenced in the book, things that were forced for the Paul McCartney is dead clues weren't forced for the John Lennon clues. And in fact, a lot of that stuff I even added to stuff that came to me, um, you know, through an intervention or however you want to look at it um, about John Lennon and. John Lennon, whether he knew or didn't know um, about his what was going to happen with him, um, he sure um, he sure uh, you know documented it well in in the lyrics of his songs. It's very true, and you do an excellent job with that. And again, the name of the book is 
the Lennon prophecies, a new examination of the death clues of the Beatles, and that's put out by New Career Press. Could you give us your webpage once more, Jim? Sure. The webpage is thelennonprophecy.com. Thelennonprophecy.com. Now, um, what do you think of that weird Ouija board thing where someone said the spirit of Brian Epstein was talking to Lennon, sending him messages? I, it's, it's, it's documented. I, you know, again, this is nothing that I made up or fabricated. These things are all documented from other people. Oh, I know. It's quite a. That's a recording you can even get on the internet on YouTube. Well, it is. You can, and, and in fact, that's, that's one of the things that um, I recently came across um, on YouTube where John Lennon, uh, a recording that was made the day he died earlier in the day, where he said, What am I going to have to do? I'm not going to go and sell my soul again. You know? And that's Bizarre. YouTube. That's right there. He's saying it. How can you deny or twist what he says? This is his exact words recorded, you know, over over many, many years. And that's one great thing about the Internet. You can back up a lot of what's said in your book, right, just by going to YouTube and checking them out for yourself, which is amazing. Right. And one of the things is, and it's interesting how people who haven't read the book are saying, oh, you're getting all this information off the Internet. The Internet cannot be checked, cannot be trusted. I'm just referring to the interview, you know, the internet in as much as you have a real, the listeners have a real opportunity to go out and research this stuff themselves. I did not do that. I relied solely on written documentation that was, could be, that could be, uh, you know, that could be supported. I didn't rely on the internet for anything in this book. There's no references to the internet in the book at all. Oh, I, I understand that, Joe. And as I said earlier, it's very well referenced and I understand why you're defensive because I just told someone the other day about John Lennon making this statement, you know, you will be assassinated, this comes from a Ouija board, Brian Epstein has yeah. said this. You know, I, I, they didn't believe me until I played the thing on the net and he heard John Lennon's voice. So I understand why, why you're constantly referring to your sources, and I don't blame you. Again, it's very, very well documented, and this is from primarily from all of the various Beatle books that have been written uh, over the years. You know, the, the Love You Make was a big one by Peter Brown and, you know, Cynthia. It, it's all from the best sources you can get. And I, yeah, I want to emphasize that, were, that again. Yeah, well, people that were there, people that lived, people that knew John Lennon, they didn't beat best. Beat best John Lennon's anti-Christian behavior. People take exception to that. They might say, well, that's just your opinion, or you're, you're digging up things from the past. No, no, I'm not rewriting history here. These things are well documented. They're all in the public domain. Anyone's welcome to pick up that book by Pete Best and read what John's anti-Christian behavior is. Including urinating on nuns. But <laughs> you know what? And people could say that's just your opinion of anti-Christian behavior. I, don't, I never did that, and I don't know anybody else who ever did. He, he's the first one. I, I went to a Catholic school, and I was tempted a few times, but I what? never went through with it. Right, exactly. So it, it's anti-Christian, and I went to a Catholic school as well. And it's anti-Christian behavior. It, oh, definitely so, yeah. It's what it is. Definitely so. Now, um... In the case of John Lennon and really what he was doing, who around him really fueled a lot of these beliefs most of his life? Uh, I'm sorry, what was the question? I, I'm saying what other personalities in his life kind of fueled his belief in psychics and the occult and things like that? Um, I can't really put, pinpoint any one individual that may have influenced him in this, but he seems like he, he was uh, you know he was interested in it most of his life from an early age. 
naturally drawn to it for some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, for whatever reason. Very, very strange stuff. It is. It's very strange, and I wish it was easily dismissed. It's easy to laugh about it and poke fun at it, but when you really look at it um, for, with an open mind, some of the stuff is just undeniable. It's undeniable and really fascinating. And uh, what's amazing with my uh, Beatle Maniac friend who I told you I, I had read the book as well, there's stuff in there. You know, he's a highly skeptical person, and he was quite stunned at the more factual things. And certainly we had arguments about the fringe things, like when you hold the Sgt. Pepper album into a mirror, you get a very bizarre message on the drum kit. Right. You know, and I'll I'll leave that for people to discover for themselves. Well, what did you think of that? Wasn't that amazing? I tell you, it was amazing because the lettering was so clear in what it said, and I don't want to give the whole book away. Let, I understand. Let, let people go out and buy it. That's what right. we're really here for is to sell <laughs> okay. your book. Uh, but people should either get the album or get the book. You will see a very strange message printed clearly in English that's in reverse in the... Uh, in a mirror it's very find out for yourself but it's very bizarre now he argued with me a bit about that but again the debates you have are, are far more interesting than sometimes the solid hard facts which makes a, a, a good book you know if you have a book that everyone agrees with everything in and on it's not a very interesting book right. you know it's well, something they like has touched the nerve i mean even the fact that when the press release first came out, it was three days later, and you know people could say, "Oh, it's just coincidence or whatever." But we put out a you know an international press release about the book and told a little bit about the book. Well, then that's when um, the Vatican forgave John Lennon for his offhanded quips about being more popular than Jesus. Very strange. Very st another very strange. I don't know what to. I hate to use the word coincidence, but yep. a very yeah, very odd thing. It's very odd, isn't it? It's very, very, very odd. <laughs> it, it never ends. It, 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 it's infinitely strange and odd and esoteric. And uh, listen, Joe, we're about out of time, so give us your webpage. And I want to point out there's a lot of fascinating information for free on your webpage as well. And people can check out some photographs and some really interesting things there for nothing. But certainly pick up the book. Get, Give us your uh, web page once more, please. Okay, and it's, it's just all, you know, without any spaces, thelennonprophecy.com. And that will also lead you to a blog site which has a lot of current information and things that are happening. Very good, Joe. Thanks so much for coming on Sphinx Radio. And we come, we come back again when I find some more things to argue about. Absolutely, and I do appreciate your time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.